Uh, when I got to my ship, I was the youngest guy on board. I have a captain that literally from day one says, you're driving the ship. Hey, what's going on? You're listening to the Live Leaderly Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Alba. Here on the show, we invite guests from all walks to share their stories about leadership, which just become stories about life. I ask that with the people in your life, please tell your story, listen to theirs, but in the meantime, we'll do it together here on the Live Leaderly Podcast. And joining us on the show today, he is happily retired and works in financial management, John Grierson. John, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm, I'm terrific. Thank you for having me, Darren. Thanks for coming on. And you're calling in from uh, from where today? Uh, Charleston, South Carolina, where it's warm and sunny. Charleston, uh, South Carolina. Well, a question I like to start out with, a bit of a fun question, is if you have a first memory of leadership. Uh, you know, one of the more vivid ones is um, I have an uncle uh, who we only saw once every couple of years, lived out in California, but, and I had many cousins and my brothers and sisters, and we'd get together for family things. And just fascinating because everybody wanted to do different things. And uh, my uncle was a big guy, came in the room and very shortly got everybody on the same sheet of music and everybody's excited to go do one thing. And uh, he had a very good way with people and could, could really uh, sway you or motivate you or or move you. And, uh, uh, you know, come to find out later, you know, as I grew up that he went to the Naval Academy and that's what inspired me to, to go there as well. But it was... Um, just an interesting, wonderful person and, you know, amazing skills. So that got me excited. Okay, great. Wanted to be somebody like that. Uh, you mentioned uh, that that's kind of what swayed you to, to go to the Naval Academy. Congratulations. You're the first Naval Academy grad on the podcast. Mostly, uh, mostly West Pointers on here, but you're, you're the first one on. Uh, We're very selective, obviously. Uh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, if you could, could you start off by uh, sharing a little bit about your background and where you're from, John? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, grew up in Michigan, uh, Detroit, Michigan. A lot of folks involved in the auto industry, blue collar type work, um, and and from there, you know, played some sports. But ended up going to the Naval Academy. And uh, while I was there, I, I sailed, which was the largest varsity team there. Uh, teamwork, offshore racing, and then ended up uh, graduating, pers- uh, going surface warfare, and uh, did time in Newport, Rhode Island, uh, on a destroyer in Hawaii. And then I went back to the Naval Academy to teach professional development courses as well as coach the offshore sailing team. So um, awesome stint there. And uh, from then I went into um, corporate America with an MBA and a bunch of companies moved a lot more than I did when I was in the military. Oh, wow. Okay. Was that what you're expecting when you got out of the military? No, No. the opposite. Thought we'd slow down. Um, But, you know, same as the military, corporate America got to keep moving to move up and, uh, you know, wherever they need you, you go. So, okay. I am, uh, leaving the military with kind of a common goal in mind, but you never know, you never know where you'll end up. So, um, and so you've had many experiences over the years, um, like, you know, coaching, um, going, going back to, to the Naval Academy, MBA, corporate America, all of that. How has your concept or maybe your, yeah, your concept or idea of leadership changed or morphed over the years throughout those experiences? Uh, you know, I think it, it, my initial take was people who walked in a room and commanded a room. Um, you know, that was a leader. That was somebody that command presence and all that. Um, the reality is it's not that. It is so many other things. And, um, you know, one, one of the fascinating things is as I went through high school, played sports, different coaches, uh, different professors, get to the Naval Academy, see all kinds of different leaders and all that, get into the military, see them all. You know, my takeaway from all of that was there's tons of ways to lead. Um, there's tons of ways to learn how to lead. 
but you have to be open minded to it and you got to look and um, kind of take away from the best of the, the people you saw and also realize what the worst was and make sure you don't do that and recognize it when it happens. And, um, you know, and so I had a great opportunity when the, the Navy saw a lot of folks there. And then actually when I got out, I went and worked for my father-in-law. You talked about hopefully a calming thing, small um, uh, tier one to the, to the auto industry, plant cleaning. Um, you know, I thought this is it. I start my own company, grow with him, you know, and, 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 and develop. But what I realized there was we had diverging uh, needs. I wanted to grow. And he was like, hey, I've been doing this for 30 years. Don't need to grow. This is very, you know, comfortable. And so you, you realize a lot about myself, but also, you know, there's a guy that I take a lot away from on, on how he looked at his business. And it's certainly not what I did afterwards, but got a huge influence on me. So I really, that it, it, there's a lot of ways to lead. There's this endless, to be honest with you, but it's your, your ability to recognize what works when it works and who you want to be in that whole um, spectrum. And so by changing a lot of jobs, having a lot of different people I work for, I got to see a whole bunch of different methods and, and a, a whole bunch of effective methods. Speaking of those different methods, what are, uh, if you could think to maybe some of the most impactful ones, the ones that you admired the most leaders, what were the kinds of things that you took away that they did in the days and the months um, that you really added to your tool bag? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when I got to my ship, I was the youngest guy on board, uh, brand new. We were getting ready for deployment. Everybody else had just come back from the war. Everybody else was qualified in everything. And I get on board, and um, I have a captain that literally from day one says, you're driving the ship. And um, he, he entrusted point blank, implicitly. And it was even more than that. He didn't really trust me. But he wanted to give me the full authority to go to the edge of the, the cliff and let, even let me fall off a little bit before he stepped in. He was so confident in his abilities that he would let you go fail or let you get close to failing. Um, and that's unusual, especially when you're driving a ship around in the ocean and all that stuff. Um, to the other extreme of a, a, a captain that would never even give you the opportunity to because he was so uh, locked on and, and, and driven in his own career potentially and things like that, that you really saw different things there. But I, I really love the uh, ability for the guy to give you, embrace you, trust you, or let, let, let's see what you can do and let you run as fast and as far as you can. Um, I, I love that. And at the same time, my father-in-law, um, the people skills he had, um, the uh, emotional attachment to people, he, uh, he used it very effectively to, to really help people get a lot out of them. And, um, you know, so that's totally different than the military that I grew up in. And so I think, as you know, I look at those extremes and it was great. I also worked with GE, Jack Welch. They had an entire university designed around leadership and tons of leaders there. So, you know, I, I guess took a lot away from it. But I do think the person that um, tries to allow you to push yourself to your limits, to stretch beyond what you thought you could do to achieve success, to feel, you know, better about yourself um, I think that really develops and grows people as well. Yeah. You mentioned like that, uh, that captain let you fail in, in some respects and let you explore and give you that authority. I think that's daunting for a lot of people is, you know, they, they want to try something that's for sure. Or they, they will succeed at this thing, um, rather than, you know, trying something maybe harder or that they're, they're not comfortable doing. What, what might you say to someone who, who finds that super daunting and doesn't want to attempt something for that fear of failure? Yeah, that's one of the greatest things I think great leaders don't have, and that is a fear, fear of failure. As a matter of fact, the opposite. It's a, it's a fear of not trying and not pushing. And, you know, I, I think if you can, um, you look at that person, one is uh, if they have a fear of failure, let them fail. Because when they fail, they're going to realize that 
okay, it's not that big of a deal. It's the ramifications aren't huge. There's other people here. No one's putting you in a system that will really let you fail. In your own mind, you may, but you're you're really not. And and some of the greatest learnings and development you can do was from getting a redo or trying again or and doing it and doing it on your own and not somebody telling you how to do it. You figuring it out, you know, by trial and error. Um, and so for that person, I say go try. You know, go swing for the fence. I love people who try. You know, and if, I, if, if we can help you along the way, that's great. But otherwise, go take go take responsibility on. And I, and I think if you think about leadership itself, it's self accountability. You know, don't worry about the company holding you accountable or the organization holding you accountable. You hold yourself to a much higher accountability than that. And that way, if you fail, it's you know, it's for you. It's for you to learn, to you to push, to go on. And I think your development gets sped up quicker by doing that. You know, humble being being humbled is one of the greatest uh, opportunities to to go further. Um, but if you've never been humbled, you don't know. And you don't know where that edge is and you don't know where that line is. So, you know, encourage them, push them out. If I have somebody that's afraid of that, I'll push them that much harder into a position where they're going to go to the edge. And and what they're going to realize is great. That was very, even though it may have failed there, I feel so much better. I, I can go on and be successful now. So just, just giving those things a go. Um, you may fail, but... In reality, you're succeeding because you learned something that you can take on to a different experience. And one of those experiences for you was uh, you you went back and coached offshore sailing. It, sports is a, a ground for for learning leadership, but we don't stop you know between whistles or between uh, sails to talk about you know trans, transactional versus um, transformative and all these other you know this terminology with leadership. What is it that sports teaches us in leadership, and what what things have you taken away? I mean, there's so many different ways of leadership, uh, even sports and, and going from a, a coach to a, a player on the field and things like that. What what I, I really think about the leadership aspect is um, you, have, you have great managers and you get great people that do things. But I think the leaders are the ones that look out. They play the game over several times ahead of time. They think about all the things that could happen and it keeps them up at night. And they think about all the things that they, they need that they don't have to get ready to be prepared, to think ahead. And, and I think just by that comes across as challenging the people on the field, the people in the boats. And what you're really challenging them is, you know, is there more you can do? And is there more you can think of? I don't have all the ideas. As a matter of fact, most of the people I led, I couldn't do their job. But I could ask them questions and I could stimulate them and I could get them to think outside. And we always talk about look outside the boat when you're sailing because you get so fixated on one thing in front of you that you lose big picture of everything else going on. And frankly, what really matters is what's happening outside of that. And so, um, you know, with sports teams, it's having them think beyond that, having them think ahead, look three, four plays ahead, what's going to happen, um, and then getting great alignment. You know, some of the greatest leaders are that ability to, to rally around something, whatever that is, because every organization is different. People are different. They're motivated differently. But what's your purpose? How, how you know, why are they all there? What do you want to achieve together and, and, and get the team to, to, to grab onto that and feel part of something. Um, and I think, you know, great leaders are able to do that very quickly. Um, sports is one that every day you you know, you you practice for the game, you rehearse swimmers swim against their own time. Piano people play the same thing 5,000 times to just get a little better, you know, as a leader, how do you bring that out of everybody, you know, for whatever's going to make them successful, how do you help them find their way so they go do that and get incrementally better and, um, like I said, feel successful at the end of the day.
uh, there's a lot of different ways to do it. A lot of different ways to rally people and help people find that purpose and find that, that collective purpose on the team. So with that said, there's so many ways to do it. Our big theme of the show is that anyone can learn to lead. And that's something that uh, Leaderly is here for. And that's that's our belief on the team. Is that something that also resonates with you, given all that, that you've said so far? Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I fully believe that. And and I think the start of it is recognizing that fact. And and like you like can have a good example. You watch a game where a team comes back from three touchdowns. 98% of the people in the stadium are just enthralled and, and amazed and are cheering. And that's the end of that story. There's 2% of those people out there that are trying to understand what just happened. How did that happen? What changed? What were all the dynamics that got that team to turn around and go get those? And those are people that are studying leadership. They're studying that kind of stuff. And so before you can do it, you need an awareness of why you're doing that. What are you looking at? And like I said before, when you go, um, I I encourage everybody to go have multiple bosses, go, go work for different people, go see different people, go meet different people, go work for different organizations with different challenges, but with the purpose to take away what you like and what you want in your toolkit and also to recognize failures or things that, that, demoralize an organization or weaken you as a leader so that if you're in those parts, you're, you're, you're aware, you're waking up your awareness to that. Um, you're conscious about what's happening. And so I, I do think, but I, I think the story is to um, get people conscious that they can be leaders. And, um, and by part of that is that part about the failure part is going and pushing the edge because next thing they'll come back and want a little more rope and they want to do a little more and, 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 and it builds on itself, right? So it's a developmental program. I mean, there's natural born leaders, right? But maybe in one facet, that's the big guy with command presence that comes in or whatever. But, but leadership is, it's a, it's, it's a multitude of skills, attitudes, and those are built over time. And um, I think some of the greatest leaders, and you, you see them all in the military as well, you have some that are, this is my leadership style and I do not change. You have other ones that can flex to do whatever style they need to get the most out of that organization or that group of people. Um, and that's a bunch of skills. You may have one of them or two of them when you're born, but to be able to flex, you've got to learn. And, um, and there's a multitude of ways of learning. Many ways to learn, but it goes back to realizing that you can, you can do that and you can learn. And once, once you can internalize that, then you can go and try these things and, and maybe fail, but maybe succeed and, and learn along the way as well. Um, so John, we're about to wrap up here shortly, but I'll, I'll throw it back over to you. If you have any, any more thoughts for the podcast. Now, I appreciate your service. Um, obviously you got to see a lot of different leadership styles out there as you head off into your career. You know, it's a, it's a great uh, opportunity to be able to lead. It's something that's, um, you know, you need to step up for it too. And I think as you, as people go learn, you have to practice and you got to, seize responsibility, seize opportunities to go lead um, so that you can you can improve your your leadership over time. And so um, I appreciate you doing this and I'm glad that uh, at least you, you have one Navy guy involved here. One Navy, hof- hopefully more. So thank you so much, John, for joining us and sharing your story and your thoughts. Our guest today is John Grierson. For those out there listening, thanks again for joining us here on the Live Leaderly Podcast. <laughs>